الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين Verse number 57, Surah A'raf, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajim وَهُوَ الَّذِي يُرْسِلُ الرِّيَاحَ بُشْرًا بَيْنَ يَدَيْ رَحْمَتِهِ حَتَّى إِذَا أَقَلَّتْ سَحَابًا ثِقَالًا سُقْنَاهُ لِبَلَدٍ مَيِّتْ فَأَنْزَلْنَا بِهِ الْمَاءِ فَأَخْرَجْنَا بِهِ مِنْ كُلِّ الثَّمَرَاتِ كَذَلِكَ نُخْرِجُ الْمَوْتَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ it is he who sends forth the winds as harbingers of his mercy. When they bear rain-laden clouds, we drive them towards a dead land and send down water on it. And with it, we bring forth all kinds of crops. Thus shall we raise the dead. Maybe you will take admonition. This verse and the following verse after verse number 58 are actually a connection between what went before, the 56 verses before, and the verses which are coming afterwards. It's a metaphorical sort of example given here for connecting the rahma creation, and whatever we discussed before of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the example of nations which are coming afterwards. So, we will just deal with them in details now. وَهُوَ الَّذِي يُرْسُلُ الرِّيَاحَ بُشْرًا بَيْنَ يَدَيْ رَحْمَتِهِ He is the one who sends the winds as harbingers of his mercy. Now, in, in previous verses in Ayatul Sukhra, Allah talked about the creation. His rububiyyah, his lordship, by which he sustained and created, by which he created and sustained the creation, heavens and earth and universe and human beings and everything. Now here it talks about the lordship of the return. When we return to him, he is still the Lord. He is actually sustaining things after they return to him. He is making things to go back to him, to the dead to raise after they they have uh, been actually perished. So it's rububiyah in a different sense. Previously it was rububiyah for the creation. Now it's rububiyah during the creation and after we return to him. He is the one who sends the winds. Bush, of course, is good news. When the winds blow, it brings the good news that clouds are coming and rain is coming, especially when we have drought or something like that, where uh, we had several uh, months or weeks of dry weather, not rain, then it, the winds come bringing the news that the clouds are coming, giving the idea that Allah works in this world through the means that quite, are quite familiar to you. Well, you, you, you see the winds are blowing, you see the clouds are coming, you think that they are working by themselves, you think that it's self-sustained. However, you should know that he is the one who's sending the winds as a good news, as a harbinger of uh, the rains coming. And he's the one who makes the clouds to take the water 
from the oceans, bringing it up to you by, by the winds. You have to actually see through all these means the hand of Allah which is working. Now, your Salurya sends the winds. Shaykh Tusi Rahmatullah brings something very interesting uh, to our notice. And that is uh, uh, the fact that Riyah is the plural of Rih. Rih is wind, and Riyah are winds. He says that whenever Allah wants to mention his Rahmah through winds, he uses the plural, Riyah. This very Rahmah of Allah, the wind, can be used to destroy and to punish. And whenever Allah uses wind in that sense, it is singular, Rih. Now, few examples he gives to us. For example, uh, one of them is, is this verse, هُوَ الَّذِي يُرْسِلُ الرِّيَاحَ بُشْرًا بَيْنَ يَدَيْ Or in Surah Hijr we have, وَأَرْسَلْنَا الرِّيَاحَ لَوَاقِحَ We send the winds to make the, uh, the plants to, uh, to become fertile. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ يُرْسِلَ الرِّيَاحَ مُبَشِّرَاتٍ Again, one of his signs is that he sends the winds as a harbinger and in many other places. However, this very wind is used to destroy nations. Like, for example, the Ard were destroyed by a very vicious wind. And there Allah uses singular. Because, why singular? Because these are very, very specific exceptional cases when this very uh, creation which is the mercy of Allah is used to destroy nations is used for punishment for example وَفِي Aden in Surah Zariyat وَفِي Aden إِذْ أَرْسَلْنَا عَلَيْهِمُ الْرِيحَ الْعَقِيمِ when we send to Ad the reed which had no left nothing fertile after itself destroyed everything or, for example, وَأَمَّا عَادٌ فَأُهْلِكُوا بِرِيحٍ سَرْسَرٍ عَاتِيَةٍ Or, بَلْ هُوَ مَسْتَعْجَلْتُمْ بِهِ رِيحٌ فِيهَا عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ When you see a wind coming, you say that هَذَا عَارِضٌ مُمْتِرُنَا This is bringing clouds for us. This is about قَوْمَ صَالِحِ ثَمُودِ This clouds bringing us the, uh, the Rahmah of Allah. But this is what you wish to come sooner. The punishment of Allah, they were saying to their prophet, bring us the punishment, bring us. You are talking about punishment all the time, bring it to us. Now, you want it, you rush to it. This is a wind in which there is a very painful punishment. So, the reef is used as punishment in singular to notify the fact that this is very exceptional. In fact, the punishment of Allah is an exceptional case. Allah has not created us to punish us. However, if we deviate and we cannot come back in any way, unless by this punishment, exceptionally Allah uses uh, the punishment. Also, this idea can be used for hell as well. Hell is not the purpose of creation. As I have mentioned several times before, it is a sort of byproduct of creation. It's the drainage of creation. Allah has planned something as paradise which should be filled by different people. And he creates so many people 
that due to their free will they will fill the paradise because every place of paradise should be filled by one person every single place of paradise should be filled now we have free will we can choose to go we can choose not to go so he would create to the extent the number that will fill the paradise in this uh, course of creation many of us choose not to go there so we are drained down hell and he creates someone else to replace us if that person wouldn't like to go drained to hell and another person is created until every place in paradise is filled and the plan of creation is complete and probably this is why in many places uh, the Mu'minun says that this is what we have inherited from the Kafirun or in in Surah Mu'minun we have these are those who inherit the paradise and inherit means they take it from others who are the others they are those who were drained to hell and they didn't go according to the plan Allah drains them to hell and then create new creation new people to fill that place so that the plan is complete and that is why I say even hell is an exceptional thing in the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It, it rains down those who don't want to go to paradise. And here, anything which is used as punishment is an exceptional case. And that's why riyah is used in plural, probably. When I say that's why, probably that's why. Riyah is always used in plural when it talks of mercy and rahmah of Allah and when it talks about punishment, it is used in singular. So, these uh, riyah, when they come, hatta idha aqallat sahaban saqala. Iqlal means to carry something very easily. Iqlal is from qalil. Something which is very light for you, very easy, piece of cake to do it. That's iqlal, to, 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 to carry, to take it. So, aqallat sahaban thiqala means these very, very heavy clouds which are heavy with water, they take it very easily. As they, from over the oceans, they take them and they bring them to the lands that they, which need to be, uh, to be uh, watered. إِذَا aqallat sahaban thiqala so, just, just imagine how beautiful it is. The winds uh, take the clouds, which are full of water. When they take them, then we drive them to a dead land. To the land which needs water, of course, is dead as it appears. However, there is life going under it. And the life will come up when water uh, falls on it. It, needs, it only needs water to come back to life. Suqnahu, drive them towards a dead land. And when it comes to the dead land, then it starts raining. In fact, what happens, Allah just wants to take that water and from the ocean, of course, that water is salty. When it's evaporated, the salt is not there anymore, it's sweet water. Allah wants to take them and bring them to this 
dead land to this dry land and he does it with the help of the wind and clouds through this mean and this is something which we every day we see in our life every year we see in our life and of course we say well this is nature it's natural it should work it should be like that it should work like that we don't see the signs behind it now when that water falls down again you don't see the signs of Allah there that every type of crops come up uh, from the earth from the dead land however Allah has mentioned this here to somehow take us to a different uh, conceptual area he wants to give us a, a, a sort of notification to a different thing now if this is quite easy for us we take the clouds we take water wind clouds they bring the water on dead land and the crops come up the land which was already dead you thought that it's dead of course it was not dead but you thought it's dead and then when this water falls on it the crops come up it is exactly in the same way that we bring out the dead out of this earth maybe you will take admonition by this example of course now in the Quran in many many different places Allah has made the similarity between the uh, life coming to earth and life coming to human being after death he says it's the same process and in traditions we have uh, more details about it that when the day of judgment comes when the day of resurrection comes actually when resurrection comes a very special rain falls Allah made that rain to fall on the earth and that rain wouldn't make the crops to come to back to life it makes the human cells to come back to life and it is exactly the same process as the uh, the pieces or the cells of the plants the seeds of the plants which look to be dead by rain by water they come back to life they sprout out exactly in the same way your cells which are just scattered on the, the earth just as dust when that rain of judgment day comes they start to re to be recreated and to grow and your body would somehow sprout out of the earth in the same way now is this possible well it seems very far-fetched because we never have seen such a thing to happen you never see that by rain someone raises from the grave of course it's, it's impossible now however if it's possible for the dead land for the dead crop so to speak to come back to life by the rain of this world why should we think that it should not be possible that the body of human beings should come back to life by the rain of the uh, day of judgment then another example Allah gives us now this was uh, the fact which is before our eyes is the, the process of 
uh, rain making the, the clouds being made the wind bring them and the rain is uh, is made and falls on the dead land uh, there's another example here that was an example to bring the resurrection of the dead to our mind there's another, another example here look how different these lands are wal baladu tayyib yakhruju nabatuhu but this rain which is life giving which is so pure in its nature that wherever it goes it brings mercy and life with itself however with some lands it works and with some lands it doesn't work there are some lands who are quite fertile quite receptive of this mercy of Allah the good land its vegetation comes out. Walladi, of course, to say that you see these things work by themselves, but take notice that they do not work except by the leave of Allah, with the permission of Allah. That is what Allah wills to happen, otherwise, it would never happen. But that which is bad, evil land, a land which is not fertile, the arid land, wouldn't give anything out except sparsely, except something very little, very useless, that comes of that baladul uh, khabith. Now, I will talk about this afterwards. This example is given for several reasons. First of all, the rain is the same rain. Comes from the same source. The wind is the same wind. It brings the clouds, the rain falls with the same quality. However, when it falls on a good land, it gives lots of crops. When it falls on a bad land, it doesn't give anything except very little, very useless. This is the example of these admonitions of Allah coming to us. One aspect of this. When Allah guides, take the example of the Quran to be like the rain. It falls on every heart. It comes to everyone. However, the heart which is good, which accepts it, it comes with different types of crops and fruits and gardens of guidance and uh, gardens of grace grows in the heart when this rain of guidance falls on it. However, when it falls on a bad heart, on an evil heart, it doesn't give anything. It doesn't give any fruits, except, of course, sometimes even evil fruits would come out of it. So, the guidance of Allah is like that. This is one example. Or this is one aspect of this example. The other aspect is that, exactly in the same way that this rain comes and falls to different lands, give different types of uh, results, on the Day of Judgment, when you raise from the from the from your graves from the, the the ground when you raise some of you 
are like very good fruits. Some of you are juicy, full of uh, what Allah wanted you to be. And some of you are useless. You come out in a different... When you come out on the Day of Judgment, you come out in different ways. You come as different groups. Some of you are good, some of you are bad. And that's why when an example is mentioned, you can draw different uh, results out of it. You can draw different... Uh, uh, you can have different understandings of that one example. And this is why Allah says, كَذَلَكَ نُسَرِّفُ الْآيَاتِ تَصْرِيفُ الْآيَاتِ is to send them to different directions. Now, we give this example, you find out different sort of understandings that can be taken, insights that can be drawn from this example, this is the way we nusarriful ayat. Uh, we send these ayat to you in different directions or in different, with different wordings, paraphrase it in different ways, so that لقومن يشكرون Only the grateful would understand it. Of course, those who are not grateful, they wouldn't understand it. They just say, well, this is just an example Allah gives. Maybe true. Most probably, we are in doubt whether it's true, whether it will come to or, true or not. So, لَقَوْمٍ يَشْكُرُونَ Now, this, as I said, this is mentioned uh, to take us to the second phase of the surah. And that is the story of the people to whom guidance went and the way they encountered that guidance the way they treated that guidance here examples are given how the prophets took the guidance how the dead lands the arid lands the bad lands how they received it and how the good lands received it and how this guidance worked through those prophets who were like clouds bringing sahab and thiqalan, bringing clouds of guidance full of mercy of Allah to people, and how these people received it. As I said, these two verses will take us from the previous verses to the following verses, which is giving the example of, uh, of the people who have been guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what Allah is trying to what these verses are trying to tell us here is that uh, the guidance and mercy is uh, all-inclusive. It goes to everyone, just like the rain goes everywhere. It goes to everyone. It is the nature of the people which changes this guidance by the way they receive it. Sometimes they change the guidance to misguidance. Sometimes they change it to something which, which is evil. And sometimes if they are fertile, they would receive it in the best way. However, one uh, sort of misconception may come here. And that is, again, this idea of uh, predestination. So, it's the way Allah has created us. Some of us are good like Baladul Tayyib. Some of us are like Baladul Habith. So it's not up, uh, up to us. It's not something due to us that we receive revelation differently. 
receive guidance differently. Allah has created our nature like, like this, just like the lambs. And uh, uh, if Allah has created us like this, so why should he punish us? Why should uh, we be rewarded or punished? Now, of course, again, it's This is an example given to you. Otherwise, Allah has clarified this in many, many other verses that it is due to your own actions and to your own attitudes that this will happen. You are the one who make your heart evil or good, who make your land khabith or tayyib. If you make your land tayyib, you receive the guidance and you use, make use of it. If you make your land, which is your soul, your heart, if you make it khabith, evil, then of course the guidance wouldn't go through it. And this has been clarified in many, many other verses of the Quran. Now, after this, these two connective uh, verses actually uh, the, 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 the surah starts the uh, elaborate explanation of the history of human race remember we said it starts with the history of Adam salam, creation of Adam and then it moves on the surah moves on to give a history of human race what happened to them or what happened to us and now we are sitting here. What is our history? What has happened to us up till now? From a perspective, which is of course quite different from our own historical perspective. And that is the perspective of how the nations have received the revelation and what has happened to them. Five nations are mentioned here uh, in, 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 in the following verses before it turns to a very elaborate account of the uh, story of Musa and Pharaoh, uh, which of course contains lots of ayats that we can make use of. It's not only a, a, a story of the past people, we can make use of. And these five nations are, it starts with Qawm Nuh, and then it goes to Ad and Thamud and Lut and Shu'ib, and then it turns to the story of Musa alayhi salam. And in all these five uh, nations, except uh, with the exception of Lot, the, the people of Lot, with exception of that, one message is given as the title of the, uh, the, the, the mission of these prophets. لَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا نُوحًا إِلَىٰ قَوْمِهِ فَقَالَ يَا اللَّهِ مَا لَكُمْ مَنْ إِلَٰهٍ Now, this is uh, uh, repeated in the mission of all other prophets, except for Lut, which I, I will say shortly why. There, this message is not given. In fact, in all the surahs, or in majority of the surahs, that's a sort of history of prophets uh, is mentioned. One theme is taken as uh, the, the heading for the mission and is repeated for all of them to say that all the prophets said to their people the same thing. Like for example in Surah Shu'ara you see that all the prophets say exactly the same phrase is used for all of them. From Nuh to coming to, uh, to Musa alayhi salam, all would say the same thing. That's, uh, 
اني انا انا أن اعبدوا الله واطيعون اني لكم رسول ان اتقوا الله واطيعون اني لكم رسول امين سوري اني لكم رسول امين فاتقوا الله واطيعون وما اسالكم عليه من اجر now this is a phrase which is repeated for all the prophets here the phrase which is repeated is ان اعبدوا الله ما لكم من اله غيره worship god there is no ilah beside him here it talks about worship in other verses it talks about obedience it talks about tawhid of course it's the same thing actually the same message is repeated in different verses to denote different uh, sort of uh, implications of the same message now the message here ya qaum a'budullaha ma lakum min ilahin ghayru worship allah there is no ilah ilah of course we translate as god but when we talk about ilah we look at an aspect of god which is the aspect which deserves to be worshiped is the aspect of worship which becomes very important in in the concept of ilah so worship god there is no ilah besides him now we because this is the main message in all these uh, five prophets except of course with uh, with lut uh, we have to somehow discuss this in some more details abdullah ma lakum min ilahin ghayru what are its implications and uh, consequences however almost all the stories mentioned in different surahs of the prophets and nations it starts with nuh alayhi salam and there is one reason here probably and that is nuh is somehow a turning point in the history of human being and a turning point in the history of prophets he is the first prophet with a proper sharia shara'a lakum min ad-din ma wassa bihi nuhan allah has a ordained for you a sharia that of course has ordained for nu not before nu a sharia which starts with nu although the prophethood the prophecy or whatever we call it starts with adam alayhi salam but the sharia starts with nu the type of sharia that we are following that we understand starts with nu so that's that's why it says shara'a lakum min an-nuh ma wassa bihi shara'a lakum min ad-din ma wassa bihi nuhan or for example in surah nisa we have inna awhayna ilayka kama awhayna ila nuh wan nabiyyin min ba'dih we have sent revelation to you in the same way we have sent revelation to nuh and prophets after him that means before nuh the prophets received revelation in a different way it was not as elaborate or as clear or whatever it may be we we don't know very well what is the difference between the revelation coming to nuh and prophets before him but we know that revelation coming to nuh was a turning point which actually somehow changed the whole history of prophethood and history of nations actually and that's why in surah safat when allah sends salam to all the prophets only about nuh he says salamun ala nuhin 
fil alamin my greetings greetings be on you in all nations because he was actually the founder the one who established this type of revelation so it starts with nu and then it it follows in the same way and now hayna ila ilayka kama اوحينا الى نوح والنبيين من بعده واوحينا الى ابراهيم واسماعيل واسحاق ويعقوب and it, it mentions many of the prophets who received the same revelation as uh, our prophet and prophet Nuh received the revelation so here also the story starts with Nuh and in all other surahs the story of nations start with Nuh laqad arsalna Nuhan ila qaumihi inshallah about Nuh and about the message which is quite similar for all the prophets and why there's an exception with Lut that this is not mentioned uh, inshallah in our next session we will discuss that wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa alihi tahirin thank you very much eh? uh, we now have some time for questions and answers <coughs> Assalamu alaikum. Uh, I had a question with regards to the analogy that when the earth dies and with the water it's reborn again. Um, in the sense that so he created, then recreated. Um, when you look at the human population as a whole, um, when one generation fades away, a new generation comes. But there are new individuals. And that seems to be more of an, anal- an analogy to when the earth dies, water comes and a new, new crops grow. Because if you look at the individual crops, they're actually new, they're different to their parents. So they're, they're say, from the seed of the, of the previous crop. Um, so how can you ex- extend this if someone makes this argument that this isn't to do with resurrection per se, but to the recreation where one generation produces the next. Because these verses talk about كَذَلَكَ نُخْرِجُ الْمَوْتَى or كَذَلَكَ nujur. In this way, you somehow be re-established. Or in this way, the dead come out. Now, the new generations are not dead. They are just newly born. We cannot say that they are mota and they come out of death to life, out of death to life. This can only be imagined if someone lived before and died and it comes back from death. This is why all these examples are taken to be the, uh, to referring to resurrection rather than to generations taking uh, place of other generations. This is uh, usually in the Quran. Uh, it is uh, mentioned as uh, he made you uh, sort of vicegerents uh, on the earth vicegerents of people who went before you you are now coming after them you, have, you are taking their place replacing them this is a different concept than of course death coming to life Um, I just wanted to ask, like you said, the God, that the God's wrath is in his winds, yeah? That he destroys nations with the power of wind. 
Just exceptionally, as I said, winds are mercy, bring mercy of Allah, harbingers of His mercy. Just exceptionally sometimes it is used. Just as water is used as punishment, for example, when flood comes in some cases. After talking to a lot of my work friends and that, why is it that Muslim people have got all these winds against them, like earthquakes in Turkey, Pakistan, Iran, you know, droughts? What is the reason behind uh, it? Because they live in wrong places. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, Sheikh. And talking about the resurrection, uh, people will be resurrected in the same place where they were buried, or because then they, they could be, uh, they sometimes they are buried or they are cremated or uh, or cremated openly, or they are when they are died they are left on a mountain top or uh, well buildings and for the vultures to eat. So, what will be the place of uh, resurrection? Usually where the, uh, the soul resides on this earth, and the soul usually resides with, uh, with whatever remains from the body. That is the grave, whether uh, a person is buried or cremated or fallen under the sea or rubbles or whatever, usually whatever of body remains... Uh, if there is something significant of the body somewhere, the soul resides there. And of course, the, the, the connection between Barzakh and this world is very complicated. We don't know how it is connected, Alamul Malakut to this world. We don't know how it's connected. But they say that usually the souls reside where the remnants of the body would be there. And for each person, it's different. But usually, because most of the people are buried or some people are cremated and uh, the ashes are kept in one place, usually that is where the body will be regenerated and recreated or cloned, so to speak, out of the cells, the remaining cells. And we are told that uh, even if all the cells of the body are destroyed, there is only one cell or one set of cells in every person's, every human body, which cannot be consumed or destroyed, consumed by other animals or destroyed by, by any means. And those are the cells from which our body will be cloned and will be regenerated, just like the crops are regenerated out of seed, our bodies will be regenerated out of those cells. Assalamu um, uh, could you please uh, just explain this further, the idea that the paradise is meant to be uh, filled with people and um, people who are already good, who they uh, inherit the paradise from? No, people who are already good, that's their places, okay? But we know that many, many people are created which they do not get the qualification to enter in those places, and they lose it to others who are created after them. So, yes, some people originally have their own places, and some have inherited it from others who did not qualify, and they were actually created in their place to go there. If you could please explain this as well, that um, the, the Quran says, 
Alhamdulillah alladhi awrathana al-ard Is it the, the earth or is it the paradise? And what's the connection? Because the paradise is on that earth that they are talking about. So the whole earth which they are talking about because paradise uh, is not a, 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 a completely spiritual thing. It has a physical aspect. It, need, it, ha- it is in a place. And that place is the earth. Alhamdulillah alladhi awrathana al-ard natabawwa'u min al-jannati haythu nasha. So this earth, the earth they are talking about. Of course Allah says, yawma tubaddalu al-ardu ghayra al-ard. The earth will be different from this earth. That is where the jannah is there, is, is in. And then of course that earth is inherited to those who deserve to go there in place of those who have been uh, somehow uh, drained down to hell. But this Varatha, of course, as I said, should not work for everyone. Some originally take it, and some take it in place of others. Uh, It's a very complicated sort of thing. Maybe we have to think about it more, inshallah. Uh, Sheikh, you mentioned that the, before we're born, we really can't consider it death. But when the, Allah says, billahi wa kuntum fahiyakum, isn't that referring to before we were born and the ahiyakum is now? Uh, actually, the Exodus have discussed this verse in, in great detail. What does it mean? Some would say that uh, is actually referring to the fact that you were not guided and Allah guided you and then he will make you die and then he uh, will bring you back. This is probably the best meaning for the verse, that kuntum amwatan, you were dead as you were not guided, and then Allah may gave you life with guidance and light, and then you, he will make you die. And Sorry, can I, can I, on that point, we're alive right now, then we'll die, then we'll go to Barzakh and live, and then we'll die again, and then we'll resurrect on the Day of Judgment. Yes. This is three lives and two deaths, but then Allah talks about two lives and two deaths. As I said, one, one life and death is metaphorical life and death. And the other one is real life and death. And Allah has skipped the barzakh and all those things there. Just talks about our death and then coming back in resurrection. And this is in all the other ayat of the Quran as well? Because when he physically says two lives and two deaths. This is the only place where this, this uh, sort of concept has, has come up. Uh, first of all, I'd like to uh, take this opportunity to thank you for all the years that you have uh, imparted knowledge to us, whether that's uh, in lectures, face-to-face or online, and I'm sure everyone would agree that we have benefited greatly, and we hope, as Iqbal Uncle said on Friday, that something will compel you to come back again sometime in the future. Uh, so thank, thank you very you. much for that. Thank you so much. Uh, my question is, uh, you mentioned that paradise has a physical aspect so will we be brought back in the form that we are now and um, will we be able to recognize each other like that? And then secondly, you said there are people who are not worthy of paradise and then they go to hell. 
but then also you have said in the past that people will be purified in hell and then enter paradise. Will paradise then be expanded further? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I thought someone may ask that. <laughs> uh, well, yes, of course, we would recognize each other, as Quran mentions very clearly. They know each other when they come back to life. And that means that uh, uh, our physical uh, uh, stature will, will look similar. However, we would not be exactly the same sort of creation with the same sort of material probably it would be something very different because now of course this body is uh, is something that we have to discard it's not to live with forever the body with which that we have to live forever should certainly be different from this body but that comes out of this one it's the same sort of uh, regeneration is, is, a, is the regeneration of the same thing however it will be regenerated in different way but still we can recognize each other we can recognize each other's faces when, when that happens now with regards to those who come out of hell and go to paradise uh, apparently yes they, they will take a different sort of uh, place rather than uh, going to the same places where the people who are created later on for those places go. So there is an, a plan for paradise in which every person sits in that place and uh, with every sort of jigsaw piece uh, completed, then the whole plan of Allah will be completed and we don't know what that is. As I said, Apparently, every one of us have a function there in paradise, which makes it quite sensible for everyone to be in their places and why we are created differently. And we should fill different places in paradise. However, yes, something is certainly uh, planned for those who go there later on what sort of function they fulfill, what sort of place they have to fill, we don't know. But certainly, as soon as the judgment is made, the paradise is filled with the people, that plan is complete. However, these people would come as some, something extra. We don't know what, what that would be. Uh, I understand there is a hadith... Um it uh, says that, uh, Allah has taken a promise uh, after the uh, uh, with the Prophet Muhammad wasallam that uh, after his uh, death uh, he will not send wrath to any nations mm -hmm. uh, and uh, therefore it seems that uh, uh, whatever natural disaster that we see according to Allah it may be Rahmah but as believers, sometimes we feel that why is Allah destroying all this? So how do we balance these kind of two opposing views or understandings? Yeah, the, the Quran says, وَمَا كُنَّا مُعَذِّبِينَ حَتَّى We never punish unless we send a messenger. And therefore, that is why there is this uh, sort of... Uh, 
conclusion that, okay, since there is no Rasul after our Prophet, so there should be no punishment. Before, when a nation denies a messenger, the punishment comes. But who is the messenger now that people deny him? Because it is very important that people would deny someone who is the most honest in what they, what they say. Now, we all preach, okay, we all talk about God, but we don't have that depth of sincerity and knowledge that if people deny us, punishment of Allah would come upon them. It's only with, uh, in the time of messengers. However, a distinction is made here between types of punishments. Now, the, the punishment which Allah speaks about with different nations when they rejected the prophets is what is called azabul istisal, total destruction. Destruction of the nation, of the people. That the exegetes or the theologians say that that would not come anymore. Destruction of a nation or a people would never happen because there is no such a thing as messengers coming and denial and rejection. However, there's another type of punishment which is in everyday life. Now, this may be a, an individual punishment, maybe a collective punishment. That's not adabul istisal, that's not total destruction. But punishments would go here and there, sometimes a family is hit, sometimes a person is hit, sometimes a community is hit with those punishments. This is, of course, possible. This is not the type of punishment that Allah says, وَمَا كُنَّا مُعَذَّبِينَ حَتَّى نَبْعَثَ رَسُولًا So it's always there. But yes, that sort of punishment, adabul istisad, destruction, the type of reh which destroyed Ad, that probably would not happen anymore. Uh, you see, Sheikh, we see that, for example, mainly the earthquakes take place where there are fault lines, or the tsunami takes place where there are those uh, plates of earth that will shift. So Allah has actually kept these there purposely. So I, I don't know, we cannot say that these are probably the adab, the temporary kind of punishments, something to do with the nature. But, okay, there will be some kind of... Uh, Apart from these, there may be some other punishments, which probably we don't realize. So how, how do you... We shouldn't judge these things to say whether it's a punishment or anything else. These are natural things. You see, the wind. The wind is a, is a blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it may destroy sometimes. The, the earthquake is something which is needed for the, for the maintenance of the earth. But... Of course, from our own point of view, because it destroys our lives, we see it as punishment. There are certain cases mentioned in the Quran that Allah used these very means of uh, living, means of mercy. Allah used them for punishment, exactly in the same way as guidance is used as an opposite of guidance by people, Allah uses them. But we are not to judge, especially nowadays, that when these natural disasters happen, whether it's a punishment or it's a rahmah or whatever, well, it's something which we have to live with. We have to, uh, to be prepared for it. Just like in Japan, you see, they are quite prepared for earthquakes. I mean, if those earthquakes with those strengths come, so in, in some areas, there will be 
big disaster and uh, destruction. So what Allah says in the Quran is that sometimes these very natural things he uses to punish as uh, a, a very beautiful example is given uh, the angels of mercy who went to Ibrahim salam, to give him the good news they went and destroyed Lut the, the, the people of uh, the people of Lut the Sodom. they destroyed them Look, I'm quite merciful. However, if it comes to punishment, it's quite painful, my punishment. And now give them the example of the, uh, the guests of Ibrahim. Look how they did that dual function, bringing good news and punishing, bringing mercy and punishing. So... Uh, with regards to natural disasters, we shouldn't now judge whether it's a punishment or whatever else. Thank you very much. I think we'll take one more question before we... Uh, sorry, Chef. Regarding one of the questions which was uh, asked about um, I think, uh, if I'm not wrong, Sayyid Al-Tabatabai, he says that Kuntum uh, Amwatan is the, um, the period word uh, which is... Um, which comes before our creation, uh, because he compares this to uh, um, so that imata is different than maut. This mm -hmm. is what he explains. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I understand that he says this, but I uh, like the other explanation, as I said, the maut and death, which is guidance and. Uh, misguidance and then the second talking about uh, uh, that but there's another verse which Allama Tabatabai elaborates on it and that is when the people said Qalu Rabbana amattana thnatayna so these are two amata it's not mot and amata it's two amata amattana thnatayna you made us die twice and you bring, you brought back to life twice. But I think this is regarding the bad people. Who, that's why he says, That's for, for, for the good ones, apparently. Mm -hmm. So when he compares it, um, if I'm not wrong, I don't know. Yeah, inshallah. Thank you very much, Sheikh. I think it Muhammad wa Muhammad Thank you.